Uh, yes, inside football with uh, the illustrious Joe Simon, myself, Ed Cavalli, just 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 using him like a parrot, being like parasites, just living in the basement, pulling strings. That's my go. And Mr. Simon, we're starting at the top. Uh, James Horncastle, Syria for the Athletic Champions League goal show for BT Sport. He he's the best. JamesHorncastle.com. Um, I darkened his door one day in in London. He was kind enough to meet me. I took my friend Michael. And now they're best friends, which is great. Oh, yeah. so, Mr. Horncastle, <laughs> a pleasure. <laughs> pleasure to be on. Yeah. Love having coffee with Michael in pre-pandemic times. Um, <laughs> yeah. So shout yeah. out to, to the lucky Luciano me. out there. Dark, Mr. <laughs> Luciano. Now, Joe, uh, as you can see, I'm wearing my Inter Milan anthem jersey. I'm only mm. doing question today and it's because James knows all about Syria. Mine's going to be about that. So I'm just going to loiter like a weirdo in the background. And That's perfect. Hopefully, exactly. My natural <laughs> my natural state. <laughs> James, so lovely to chat to you. Um, since you're the, the master, let's just talk about Syria, I reckon. What's the current state of play at the moment? I mean, it's it's exciting. You've won the la- every title since 2010, 2011. Is this the most exciting Syria title race you've seen in the last decade? I mean, last year was close, a point, a point off the top with Inter, but how does this stack up? Yeah, last year was statistically close. Um, I think mm. you have to go back to 2001, 2002 to find a title race as close, but it didn't feel like that because straight after the restart, Juventus basically won, I think, four or five of their first five games and essentially killed the title race. Mm. Uh, and then they took their foot off the gas a little bit because they could yeah. afford to. And Inter finished strong and finished just a point behind. And I do think there's credit uh, in that. In It was their best season statistically, at least, since they won the treble. Um, and I think, you know, ultimately, if you're going to be a title contender, you have to be able to just rack up points with great continuity. And they showed they could do that last season. Uh, this year, it has been a really exciting title race um, because you've had unexpected teams like um, Inter's rivals, Milan, uh, exceed expectation. And you know, at the beginning of the season, their objective was to get into the Champions League. And you know, for 90% of the season so far, they've been top. Um, and it's only in the last 10 days or so, really, that uh, things have swung Inter's way. Um, Inter have had a great start to this calendar year, 2021, in terms of their, certainly their league form. Yeah. Um, and Milan have started to slip away uh, for, for a variety of reasons, which we can get into. Mm. Um, but, I mean, behind them, you've now you've, you've got uh, a Lazio team that if you kind of <laughs> try and kind of wipe out what happened to them in midweek against Bayern Munich have, have had a good start to this uh, 2021 as well. I mean, they've won, I think, all but one of their yeah, games. But James, why wouldn't they have brought on Mussolini's grandson? If anything, was, <laughs> if anything, if anything, crying out for, for a touch of Mussolini, it was that. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right, Ed. Uh, I was delighted to, uh, to see my Instagram friend request uh, to him accepted. Yeah, um, you're, uh, in, you're in, you're in. That's what you <laughs> the want. Other day. Um, yeah, uh, he is a right back. Um, uh, Go ahead. I mean, where it. else would he play? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right out there on the right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
And then you've got Roma, who are just, I mean, aside from the weekend's draw against Benevento, um, they've been cleaning up against all of the, the sides in the bottom half of the table, but haven't been able to mm. do that against teams in the top half. We'll have to see how they get on against Milan uh, this weekend, but that's probably the big game. Mm, yeah. um, and Juventus, ah, Juventus have kind of shown signs of 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 being a different Juventus on Andrea Pirlo. They certainly started this 2021 well after ending the last year on a on a low that 3-0 defeat to Fiorentina in, in Turin which was their biggest in biggest mm, to, to mm. the viola since the the 50s um wow. so that's all made for it uh, to be a very open title race up until now uh, yeah. I don't know whether Ed wants me to say this, but you know, I think I think Inter will run away with it now. Oh well, now that's the end of that, isn't it? <laughs> it's done. It's finished. Well, that's the end of that. We're never going to win another game. That is that's awful. That is awful. What, what's happened? Just quickly. I, I mean, obviously, I want things to go wrong for them. But what do you think's gone wrong for AC because uh, for Milan because their thing has been no, no, ship's been righted. We're around now. We're, yep. an, we're analytics based, like those smart English people and those Germans. We don't make mistakes anymore. <laughs> so, what's gone wrong for them? That's because they've got English people and Germans at the top of the club. <laughs> so, uh, um, what's gone wrong for them? Well, I think you can't really say that um, the first half of the season for a, was a fluke for them because really they, they started to click this time last year, so pre-lockdown. Um, like even in the derby, mm. the Milan derby, which was I think the, one of the last games that I got to go to, um, they were two 0 up at halftime, and then and they played really really well, and they looked like a kind of mature team, and then Inter came back and won four two in the second half, and you could see that there was something like fledgling, fleeting about that that Milan team. The young players were beginning to grow, but they weren't quite ready, mm. and then. You know, once the restart happened, you could see that they were ready, that they'd learned from those experiences and yeah. certainly grown in the presence of Zlatan. Yeah. Um, so it's it's not been a fluke this first half of the season at all. But um, I would say that they've had uh, a number of injuries, um, sort of November, December time, which meant their depth um, had to play more than they otherwise would have expected it to. That depth is now tired. They're like, oh, really? We're still playing? This is crazy. Um, and the, the injured players who've come back are not 100%. Um, so you've got this kind of mix where you know, they're, they're not able right. to play with the same intensity that they were at the start of the season. And then they made three signings in January. They were the most active team in January um, because they were in this improbable, uh, unexpected um, position of being a title contender. And I would say that two of the three signings just haven't worked for them. Um, you know, one is uh, Tamori, who has worked for them. He's on loan from Chelsea. And I think is very much in keeping with how the club has been recruiting, getting these young, aggressive, um, technical and physical base players who can play at the intensity that um, Pioli yeah. wants. And then they've got a midfielder in Meite who I just don't rate at all. And I mm. think uh, is, is in some respects complicating things for them. And the same with Mandzukic up front, who hasn't played mm. since last March and was playing in Qatar. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, they might have signed. They might as well have signed Ed. Um, wow! Uh, well, if you, uh, if you saw, the, saw the goal I scored from a in a charity match from across from Bresciano, which I will send you shortly. Yeah. Well, uh, to be, <laughs> it's clinical. To be honest, to be honest, Ed, I said that without knowing what your your ability is. So you know, you can, by all means, show me. <laughs> I was terrible. I was a goalkeeper. I was terrible. 
Um, yeah. Well, no, I'll, I'll pick up that question, Joe. Yeah. I mean, the, the other thing that I would say about Milan is that they started the season before everybody else and, and it, mm. they they played six games before everybody else. It meant they, yeah. they didn't have a holiday. And yes, they played Shamrock Rovers and Rio Ave and Bodo Glimt. But yeah, though, traditionally, at least in Italy, if you, if you do the Europa League preliminaries, you can, you're due it'll catch up with you. It's yeah. a bill that you, you're going to have to pay at some stage. I think it's something with Tottenham as well in the Premier League. They played, you know, the same amount as, as um, Milan at the start of the season and it's definitely catching up with them. Yeah. No, I think you're absolutely right. Um, I think you know, because Spurs also have League Cup or Carabao Cup or whatever it's called these <laughs> mm. days and FA Cup as well, they've played more games than any team in the world. So mm. it has caught up with them. Maybe Mourinho's caught up with them as well. But, <laughs> um, a few things happening there. <laughs> But with Juve, it's really interesting mm. what they're they've been trying to do this season. I think, yeah, it's it's not too different from from how they were playing under Maurizio Sarri. At least the overall concept of, of of wanting to be a more progressive team that plays higher up the pitch, that wins the ball, you know, as soon as you lose it in in kind of the attacking third. Um, they recruited big in the summer as well. I mean, they they signed Artur from Barcelona in a kind of, uh, if you want to get technical, kind of cash-neutral deal because even though he went for like 64 million, Pjanic went the other way for more or less the same price. So um, an interesting one, that. Um, Almost signed... interesting is when Trent Sainsbury went to Inter due to a Chinese accounting error. My... <laughs> different, kind, different kind of interesting. Hey, that's now. my favourite transfer of all time. Trent Trent Sainsbury living the Ed Cavalry dream there. I mean, that's well, Mr. Horncastle. Who do you think the only person, including Trent, is in the known universe with a Trent Sainsbury into into Milan shirt? Is <laughs> well, there you go. I mean, is is Trent the only Australian to play for Inter? No yes. one like Brescia. Yeah. Well, yeah, okay. Nathan Nathaniel Coe was a goalkeeper who was on their books right. uh, for the Primavera, but he never played a first team match. So uh, to this date. He is the, uh, the only Australian until Tim Cahill's son starts banging him in for the Neratsuri in a couple of years' time. He is the <laughs> only one. Great. I look forward to seeing it. Um, so, yeah, with Juve, they signed Chiesa as well, um, mm. who has been much hyped in Serie A the last few years. Um, I think he's done better than expected. There was a certain mm. feeling that Chiesa, um, because of his name, you know, his dad Enrico, that there was there was a hype train about him, and and, mm. and maybe the hype train had got a little bit of ahead of of his talents, and instead, mm. I think at Juventus he's shown mm. that perhaps he just needed to make this move earlier, um, mm. and 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 we'd see this side of him. They signed McKenney as well. That came completely out of the blue. I mean, mm. you know, yeah. if you follow Serie A Twitter, um, yeah, you've got the transfer transfer gurus like uh, Gianluca Di Marzio and um, mm. and Fabrizio Romano, and and, mm. and I think that that deal even took those guys by surprise. Mm. And, and he's, he's been, been good. A, he's, yeah, he's been a massive success. Yeah, I mean, for for the price that they could. They, they could end up getting him for, which I think is mm. about 18 and a half million. Again. He's been really good. First American to play for Juventus and he plays this really kind of difficult to interpret hybrid role where, you know, he kind of plays out wide in a 4-4-2 when they don't have the ball and when they do have the ball, he kind of moves inside and plays with it, plays a 10, tries mm. to get in the box and has been, in, he's, for a small guy, has an incredible leap, scores mm. a lot of mm. headers and that sort of thing. Um, and I think he's he's very much a kind of um, symbol of what Juventus are under Andrea Pirlo. They're supposed to be kind of a very fluid team where players interchange positions, 
Um, yeah, they defend one way and attack in another way. And you know, I like what they see. Uh, what I like, I like what I see from them. But it hasn't always clicked, and I think they're still in this transition phase. Even though Juventus say we don't do transitions, we just win. <laughs> yeah, um, and that, and they tend to do that. Um, it's it's had highs and lows, and uh, I, st- I think they're still figuring it out. And if they left their run too late, do you think? Do you think there's any chance they can just pinch it from here? Well, it's funny. I mean, if you speak to like Inter fans, uh, I think Inter fans feel like they've been burnt before. In that, you know, they they they, they don't want to get too excited, and and they always cite Juventus as like you know uh, in the rearview mirror. It's running rope dope. It's the rope dope. <laughs> but but I think um, if you look at the last two years, um, yeah, you said it right at the top of the show, Joe, that. Um, Juventus won the league by the, the smallest margin of this this kind of nine-year run last year. Um, they went out in the Champions League earlier um, than they had done the year before, so from mm. quarterfinals to round of 16. Mm. Um, and uh, and this year, um, they are, they've got a couple of games in hand, but they're off the pace. Um, and, you know, if Massimiliano Allegri, someone who has been there and done it and has won the league and, mm. and we've seen from, from him, I, I remember when he was at, at Milan, when they sold Zlatan Ibrahimovic and Thiago Silva and all the old guys retired, so mm. you Clarence Sados, Pippo Inzaghi's Gattuso's, um, they had a really rough start to the season and they went on this incredible run and they got into the Champions League mm. um, back when you could only... I think there are only three teams that could get into that. Yeah. And he did that at Juventus in his second season when they had a really bad start after reaching the Champions League final. And then they went on this incredible run where they won like 14 or 15 games and kept yeah. clean sheets in all of them. It was just ridiculous. <laughs> so if he was in charge, I would say, don't rule that out. But it's Pirlo's first job. It's Pirlo's, it's Pirlo's first season. And I, I think it's, it's different now. So in that respect... I'm not as confident uh, in them coming back as I was would have been in the past. Yeah. Well, let's talk about Inter now then. I know that's get Ed excited. <laughs> I just one thing I love watching is a good partnership. And Lukaku and Martinez, they look just unstoppable at the moment. I think they've Can got I 30 goals. Here? They do. Yeah, they've got please. 30 goals. Can I interject here? One of them is <laughs> Romelu Lukaku, who is becoming everything we'd ever hoped. And now mm. he, he fell to Inter. He didn't ascend to Inter. Let's not forget no. Il Phenomenon, the mm. Brazilian Ronaldo. He ascended to Inter from Barcelona. But we, but this mm. is very much him taking a chance on an unlikely plucky Inter Milan, was it not, Mr. Horncastle? This is a this, you know, this is what that this is what the, that's what it represented for him from Manchester United. Well, I, I suppose uh, Inter's accountants wouldn't look at it as him falling to them because they paid a well, they paid a club record fee for him. Yeah, you're right. Um, but I guess I'm saying in terms of perception for worldwide perception these days. You know what I mean? It's, yeah, I think. Yeah, no, I, I, I get, I get it. I mean, if if you go on Twitter, I mean, no, 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 I, I don't agree with about ninety eight percent of what's on Twitter. But yeah, <laughs> um, yeah you, you, you'll have certain people of a, of a generation that they will say that you know, Inter are not a club as big as yeah. some Premier League clubs. And certainly, I think with with Manchester United, you could say um, United are one of the biggest clubs in the world. Yeah, Inter, yeah. Inter, I would say, are sort of on a almost on a par yeah. with them. I mean. Want the same number of European cups. I mean, that's yeah. what we should judge. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Not on um, Twitter followers, but so. But my point. So the, I, I ranted a little. But what I mean is that Lataro is 
he's okay, but he misses more than he gets, and he sucks a lot. His attitude is that he should have the ball at all times, and I don't mind when players argue, like the Bulgarian team of the 1994 World Cup who spent the whole time yelling at each other. It had an effect. <laughs> it had a galvanizing effect that you weren't allowed great to make hairstyles. Yeah, great team. hairstyle. Either bald or mulleted. It was never nothing in between. <laughs> exactly. I would have fit in. I would have fit in <laughs> in that team. You're either Lechkov or, or uh, Yordanov, and that was the Balakov. So, you know, but Letara just, he's, he's, he drives me insane because he's like, he misses chances. And then if he doesn't get the ball that he wants, he complains. And you're like, what basis is this? Mm. On what basis? If you were, if he was up front by himself for Lazio, he'd have one goal this season. Well, that's why I think I like him with Lukaku. You saw in the derby the other day, Lukaku's obviously worked on his hold-up play and the ball, he, the defence-splitting ball he played in, Martinez couldn't miss from there. And mm. that was just... It's I love those kind of goals where you can just see the relationship coming out. Yeah. Well, yeah. I guess my well Ed would probably is, say he can yeah. miss from there. He has. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. My question's and about the relationship. So my argument is it's not a partnership. My argument is it's a it's a marriage that's, you know, uh, that if if mid if divorce is midnight, they're at eleven thirty. I don't see a partnership <laughs> there. I, I, I see a I see two people who are thrust together <laughs> and I think Lataro has a problem because I think he thinks he's better than the joint. And from what I was saying before, that I think he thinks he should be at Barcelona and that this is somehow beneath him. Well, I think that was quite interesting this time last year uh, in that it really did feel like Lautaro wanted mm. to go to Barcelona because he had an excellent first half to last season Yep, uh, where it was like, okay, this guy's legit. Inter have mm. sold Icardi. Um, this guy basically... Stepped in for Icardi when Icardi was in mm. dispute with the club. <laughs> and and you could kind of back what um, the sporting director at Inter had done, basically saying, look, Lautaro is is, is going to be the future of this mm. club. Um, I like Lautaro and I think, I think a lot of clubs around Europe would like Lautaro as well. Um, you know, for example, Manchester City that's maybe looking to replace Sergio Aguero long term. Really? Yeah. Well, I just because I, I think he's got a lot of fundamentals that clubs like. You know, I mean, he's he's really hardworking. He's got that low center of gravity. His movement's great. Yeah. If he misses yeah. so so many chances, it's it's because of that. Yeah. I think um, his his ability to um, to link up with uh, link the players really good as yeah. well. And I think that's one mm. of the reasons why these these two players uh, mesh so well together um, this season. Uh, you know, I mean, again, one of the, the highlights of last season was Lautaro's performances in the Champions League. You know, you go, you go back yeah. and think of the goal he scored very early against Barcelona at the Camp Nou. But this this season in the Champions League, I would say that, you know, I don't want to blame one person for Inter going out uh, of the group and finishing bottom as well yeah. and, and just going out of all the Europe altogether. Limping out, but limping but against, out too. But against Shakhtar, I mean, he missed, he missed some very presentable chances. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, it was just incredible that Inter couldn't win those games. Mm. Um, in terms of their relationship, I think that, that you know there are moments of tension when uh, on the pitch. When, for example, Lautaro, Lautaro is one of the sh- most trigger happy players oh. in in Serie A. In that, mm. uh, yeah, he'll take like six shots per touch, <laughs> so, <laughs> which you know, there, there there are sometimes where you're just like just. Give give the ball to someone in a better position or whatever, um, and that can I think that can be frustrating. And Lukaku, I mean, one of the great things about uh, following football, uh, I say, one of the positives of following football in 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 the pandemic era is 
is the pitch side mics and you, you're able mm. to kind of pick up what, yeah. what these guys are saying. That. Yes. Yeah. And uh, you just hear how demanding Lukaku is. Uh, and it's, it's amazing. I mean, there was a great clip of, um, there was a great clip of them playing Palmer, I think um, at the end of last season uh, where I think Victor Moses has the ball um, where he's like, Victor, Fucking hell! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no translation required. I heard that one. Loud <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love that. And um, uh, and you, you hear the verses. That you you hear his linguistics as well. I mean, Lukaku speaks, you know, practically every yeah, ev- every language, amazing. every language yeah. that has ever been um, has has been has been invented. He speaks yeah. it, and you can hear it as well when he's. Yeah, it, it depends on the nationality of the player who's not passed him the ball. So yeah, I mean. But I, I do think they have a fairly unique partnership. I, I don't think there are many old old school. I, I think it's wrong to call it old fashioned, but certain you don't see many teams play with two strikers these days. Yeah, two proper strikers. I wouldn't even say Lewandowski and Muller to out no. and out and out strikers. Or um, so I think those two have an incredible partnership, which is down to them, but it's also down to. Conte being a coach who yeah. actually really likes choreographing moves in the final third. Um, there's very little that he. Ba- I don't think Conte is a coach who says, "I let my players <laughs> nah, we get to the final we get to the final twenty <laughs> minute twenty meters and they just can do what they like." I just don't think that's him. Nah, man. <laughs> James, let's talk about Atalanta, who I enjoy watching play so much. But we'll touch on that in a moment. I think they really missed a, a chance the other day against Real Madrid with the injuries that they had. Early red card, which was disappointing for them and, and possibly a little bit unlucky. How do you think they're going? Can they turn it around in the second leg? Yeah, it's interesting, this one. Um, mm. I, I'm looking for Ed's take because uh, Italian team uh, plays against injury-depleted Real Madrid Stop it. Uh, at home. Can't <laughs> get it done and can't get and, I do think that. Wearing blue and, and black stripes. Italian team also then suffers a, a red card and goes down to 10 men. Mm. Yeah, Arturo Vidal. Yeah. However... You know, Vidal, who's recently lost his place at Inter because he's a walking yellow and red card. He's he's Um, unbelievable. His ability to step on people is staggering. Yeah, and give penalties away. So we we kind of, we we name-checked Lautaro earlier. I mean, Vidal gave away a penalty in that game against Real Madrid. Mm -hmm. He gave away a penalty Mm -hmm. against Gladbach as well. And and, and both both those cases kind of let the opponents in and kind of set the direction of the game in the way Mm -hmm. way it ended. Mm But back to Atalanta, I think I think they came out of that game actually quite confident that like, they can go to uh, Valdebebas rather than the Bernabeu because <laughs> that's where the game will be. The, the legendary Alfredo Di Stefano Stadium. Um, that place is... Yeah. That place, I'm expecting to see cherry pickers. Like, it's that level of ground. I want to see blokes and <laughs> cherry pickers looking over the stadium. And that's, that's about where they're at there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean... Uh, I feel for Atalanta on, on, on the one hand because, um, I mean, last year when they were in the Champions League, they had to play in Milan. They had to play at San Siro mm. um, because they, they couldn't get a license to play at the, the Garris Arena. They were, they were still redeveloping it. Mm. And now they can play in it, but they can't have fans. Mm. Um, and and when they draw Real Madrid, they don't get to play at the Bernabeu. They get to play at the, <laughs> the Valdebebas training ground. Um, so... So, so I feel for them a little bit, but in terms of like uh, what state they're in, 
I think it's really interesting. I mean, they backed the manager and, and you should back the manager when he's done what the, what he's done yeah. because Gas, Gasparini oh. is responsible for this run. Um, oh. Yes, you could say like it's just like this perfect environment that they've got there. They've got this great youth system, great recruitment, great coach and, and, and great players. But some of the players that were on the team, I mean, not many, but I mean, Papu, Papu Gomez is one. Mm-hmm. Papu... Uh, was always an interesting talent. one. He he was always a talent show, but he didn't play to this the level that he played uh, anywhere until he met Gasparini. Mm. And so mm. I th- I think w- when they had this bust up, the club as tied as they are to to Papu Gomez, they were like actually if if it's a call between one or the other, who do we go with here? And it's like yeah. well, Gasparini's kind of added more value to this team mm. than Papu has. Yeah, they've done so well to step in with Muriel as well. He's just been on fire. Inter has to shoot. I would swap him for Lataro today. <laughs> he just looks like he's well, going to score every time he steps on the pitch. I would swap for today. You give us Muriel, keep yeah. the jersey. We'll just change the badge on the front. Let's let's move <laughs> on with our lives. Yeah, I mean Muriel actually looks like the uh, the original Ronaldo as well. But that look and, about and him. It, it's perfect. He's he, he's always in. I, he's always enjoyed the look look alike comparisons as well. So, um, <laughs> so. Uh, but I, in terms of uh, going back to Papu, I mean, mm. uh, you had this thing where the club had to make a decision, who mm. do we back? And they went with the coach. And I think this was one of the talking points out of uh, mm. the Real Madrid game mm-hmm. as well, because he brings on Josip Ilicic, who's basically Papu's wingman. Mm. And for me, was the best player in Serie A last year up until mm. uh, lockdown. Okay. Yeah. And uh, brings him on and then takes him off after half an hour before so the game. Nice. The old subbing uh, of the sub. Yeah. And again, yeah. it just it's like there's the cult of the manager there. Uh, the manager, uh, there's the, no players bigger than him. You know, the, it doesn't matter if it's Josip Ilicic. Um, So I found that quite interesting whether there'll be any kind of fallout from that. We'll have to see. Mm. Um, but It just feels uh, like a price lowerer to me. Like Ilicic is probably their best, you know, one of their highest you know, possible sales. To me, I'm just like, that yeah. just felt like 5 million off the top. Well, I think the thing with him is that he's at an age um, where, as with Papu, they probably they probably don't expect to get all that much money for him if they were to yeah, move right. him. Um, and, you know, Atlanta just on this incredible run where they keep getting into the Champions League, they keep mm. getting to the Champions League what knockout stages. What are they doing stages. with the money? So they redeveloped the stadium. Yeah. Um, they they ha- they have a, a long lease on the stadium now, which essentially means that they <laughs> they kind of own it. Oh, um, um, and so I mean, but when they in their first season under Gasparini, you know, when they they lost four of their first five games, and mm. you know, people were saying, "Oh, you should sack this guy," and he then played the kids, and they went on this incredible run. Nice. Um, they got to January and they sold Roberto Gagliardini to Inter. Yes. Remember that? Yes, I do. Yeah. Yes, I do. G- Gallia goal. And they kind of arranged his, <laughs> his, yeah, another guy who misses sitters. Yeah. Uh, and well, then, I, would, I would call him Gallia goal, two metre f- sideways pass, but it doesn't roll off the tongue quite as <laughs> well. And then uh, they sold Kessie to yeah. Milan. And with the money that they got from that, they, they basically uh, decided that they were going to, I think, Buy, um, buy a, a, an option on the stadium so it's practically that's theirs, smart. and also redevelop it. Yeah. Um, and and as I said, that's why 
Oh. In their first Champions League run, they couldn't mm. play at home because mm. they were essentially doing doing yeah. work there. What I love about Gasparini's Atalanta, every time I watch them play, even in Syria, it feels like I'm watching a Champions League game. It, it, they just seem like not a stereotypical Italian structured style play. Even with the red card yep. the other day, their their three centre backs span the width of the pitch. So when yeah. Jimshiti charged forward, there was an acre of space in between them, um, which usually they're a bit more defensively savvy than that. But it's 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 brilliant to watch, you know, still a little bit different yeah. to the other Italian teams. I think if there's any like kids out there who are like, oh, I, d- I wouldn't want to play centre-back. I hate it when the when coach hey. makes me play centre-back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they, they, they sh- the coach should make them watch Atalanta because, yeah. um, as you say, um, those... Yeah. Uh, centre-backs really kind of, uh, you know, follow attacks. Um, you know, they join in in attacks. You know, I mean, that's the great thing about watching Atalanta is often, you know, when they're playing around their opponent's penalty area, it's it's a, a centre-back who's in there. Mm. Um, yeah, and um, they, they're they super aggressive. They love, you know, man-marking. They'll follow their guys all over the pitch, uh, into the showers, into the toilet, whatever. They, <laughs> you know, that's they're... There's, you know, there's probably Luka Modric is probably sort of, you know, opening yeah. his blink, blinking <laughs> eyes in Madrid now, and there's there's, there's Matteo Pessina there. It's just like, what's going on? Yeah. So uh, I think this was one of the really interesting debates that came out of um, Syria this this kind of midweek or over the last two Champions League rounds is um, uh, aside from kind of shooting themselves in the foot in the in uh, which is what Porto Juventus did against Porto. Yeah. Uh, and, and Lazio did against uh, Bayern. There was a feeling, certainly, that yeah, Lazio couldn't stand the pace that that, that Bayern had. Mm. Um, and yeah, Lazio are a team that play really good football in Serie A, mm. and they they play one two touch football, and uh, and they're able to dominate games. But against Bayern, they kind of ended up having to play like three, four, five, six touch football, <laughs> and the sixth touch was to basically pass it to Lewandowski to score. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, whereas Atalanta, Atalanta, you're right, play Champions League football in Serie A. They play a, a rhythm and intensity that not a lot of teams can live with. Um, and uh, they're able to maintain that, you know, from one uh, standard of competition to another. You know, if they play one or two touch in Serie A, they play one or two touch in, in, in Champions League. And I think it, this ultimately goes down to what um, some of the great players, like Zlatan says at, at Milan, is like his whole his whole credo is um, you play how you train. Mm. Um, if, 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 if you train at that intensity, you'll play at that intensity and, uh, and, and it makes a difference. If you don't and you think you can just turn it on and go to another level and again, you won't. Yeah, mm. well, all right, we're going to let you go. But the last one, um, Inter's for sale. Um, it is just straight up for sale. <laughs> and we know that Suning um, wanted uh, something like a billion dollars. They're not going to get it. So at this stage, as we stand today, who is the front runner for Inter, and and how much how much is it looking? Well, how much are they going to get for the for it? You're asking me to predict uh, sort of business out of China. I mean, this is this is <laughs> this is this is impossible. All right, we'll leave it there. Then uh, you're right. There's a topic no, for another day. No, no, I, th- I think it's 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 worth talking about because um, uh, you know they clearly need some liquidity. You know, yes. either to uh, see out the rest of the season. So, you know, the Financial Times had this this report of a 200 million year, two, yeah. 200 million euro loan. Um, yeah, Suning's business in in China is is under under stress um, because they they essentially 
uh, invested in kind of bricks and mortar um, retail. So, you know, supermarkets, um, <laughs> convenience stores. I remember that. Um, well, well, watch this space. All right, James Horncastle, you go back to bed. So jameshorncastle.com. Uh, one, if you, is there any football books you're reading or have just read recently that you would recommend? Because I've just, I'm in the market. Anything that you're, or long read? I mean, The Athletic has a number of your wonderful uh, articles. We know that we can. Hear. I know. I mean, please, please come to The Athletic. You know, we've, mm-hmm. got, we've got some quite interesting things coming out, which yeah. I, I can, I, me, I'll give me. you a, yeah, an well, anti-premium on. Exclusive. Uh, in the next few weeks, we will have a, a big, story about um roma's former owner james palotta done kind of five hours of interviews with him about his 10 years 10 years at uh, at roma so that takes in totti de rossi monchi everything um yes please we've got a all access feature with udinese as well so fascinating they're a very interesting bunch of cats exactly so if people ever wondered kind of what made udinese udinese you know because they used to be the kind of best scouting team in the world yeah, you know they'd they find alexis amazing. sanchez yeah. playing in a, in a sand lot in in chile yeah, yeah. um yeah. and then yesterday yesterday i did a load of stuff with the people at monza i couldn't yeah. be more interested in the monza berlusconi <laughs> back to syria story if i tried i am yeah. deeply interested in that did you get to speak to the man himself uh, Silvio, no, yeah. unfortunately not. I mean, my requests for access there have so far been pushed back, but um, <laughs> I, I, still pending. Uh, <laughs> I, I, and the same, the same with Balotelli. You know, Balotelli no, doesn't want to speak yeah. to the media, but um, that's a fascinating story, and we'll we'll, we'll kind of right. have coach, sporting director, yes. one of their players. So um, that's what a great. So yeah. Well, Athletic, get on board, subscribe. They got everything. They got, you know, podcasts galore, long reads like you can't believe. They put in the work. Uh, Mr. Horncastle, it's always uh, a pleasure. Thank you so much for giving us some time today. Thank you, James. Pleasure. No, well, uh, all good. Let's do it again soon.